Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, number 239. We are that far in and we're just going to keep going, I guess, at this point. And I am Kraken Zero, a.k.a. Henry. With me, as always, is Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, and Maeve, a.k.a. Alex. I like how this is dramatic pause week. We're like, yeah, welcome to <laughs> the Wicked Awesome Cat. I like it. It's very, it's so classic. It very, much had, it very much had that Wolf of Wall Street vibe where we're like, we're still here. We're not fucking leaving. And we're just like, yeah, podcast goes on. I suspect this will get murdered in my editing process, but yes. <laughs> welcome. Yep. We live, and we continue. The whole crew's here. This week isn't just full of like tons and tons of directs and yeah we're not like, catching up we're not behind like it's it's like yeah it's just be a normal podcast as opposed to what the three hour monstrosity we put out last week yeah, oh, I, yeah i'm still in shock and it didn't even feel that long as we were doing it until i started to really like think about it a bit as the person who it, edited last week's podcast oh, it oh, was um, long yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We had yeah, four hours of audio edited down into three and a half hours. It went and like in editing, it, I was also looking at it, going like, "Man, even without the BlizzCon stuff, which was the stuff we missed, we still would have broken the three hour part. We were not on BlizzCon as long as I thought we were." Oh I yeah, mean, there wasn't a lot to cover when it came to BlizzCon. To be honest with you, like yeah, uh, it, it's. I guess, yeah, I mean, they don't have that much stuff coming out because the thing is, they're they're putting out all these, you know, they're, they only put out AAA titles at this point, so they're not going to have that many things being released. And they obviously weren't going to give any time to uh, Diablo. I would love to see what Blizzard thinks an indie game is at this point, also. Ugh. No, oh no! Obviously, that just means they're a mobile game. Uh, Diablo Infinite was it, or I can't even remember. That's what I think an indie game is: just any game on a mobile phone. Yeah, that's the new standard, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> so, yep. Instead of yeah, trying to catch up on a couple of weeks, we can just talk about one week and no big run of announcements. Just kind of normal news. So. What have you been up to this week, Charlie? I so I, I I watched that Age of Samurai thing on Netflix, which it's good. It's weird that like the majority of narration is uh, white British guys talking about Japanese culture, but it's <laughs> it's well done enough, and they have enough kind of Japanese historians way in that it balances out, and it's good. But what I want to draw attention to is they have a the, the it, it's a docu series. It's like just a history of kind of the kind of is it the Warring State? But basically, it's the rise of Nobunaga through, and I haven't gotten to the end of it, so I don't know where it's through, but like the first four or five episodes are the unification of Japan during the Civil War era to them and trying to invade Korea and that not going great, and then kind of them limping back home and then a bunch of secession things happening. But what makes the show really good is they occasionally, like, so it's most of the movie, most of the show is kind of reenactment of like famous moments in history or, Jap- or of Japanese history. And some of the acting they have gotten for these reenactor guys is just the most amazing. Like either they're amazing actors doing amazing things or they found like a dude that's like way into 
the video game version of Nobunaga, and we're like, yeah, we'll do this historically accurately, so he is just like, eating, in, in a docu-series, you have a guy playing Nobunaga who's like, stealing scenes, and you're like, how the fuck is this happening? It's like, it's just like, it's just like one two-minute vignettes of like, historical moments, but the guy playing Nobunaga and a couple other characters is just like, Wow, you are too good to be doing this, or like you're just a fucking crazy person. I don't care which. This is great. Like and the guy's like, I get paid to do this. Like it's it, you can tell they're having fun with it. There's a bunch of really good casting choices. Like I, there's a moment where I think it's um in in history. I think its name was um Hiroshi. I think was the name. We're just like I guess he started. He it's it's fear outside. So he basically started going crazy because of syphilis. Like actual. Mad King Crazy, one of his more famous moments was just like, if someone pissed him off, he would have them leave and shoot them with arrows, and they have a reenactment of just shooting a random woman that's leaving this place with an arrow, and you're like, oh damn, was damn. not expecting this. Like, yeah, no, this guy is like batshit crazy. Here's an example of the batshit crazy he got up to, and you're like, yeah, that's batshit <laughs> crazy. No pulling punches here. Okay, it's not like overly gory. It's just like, yeah, that person got shot with an arrow. It's very weird seeing Netflix out History Channel, the History Channel, all of a sudden. Well, the History Channel stopped being the History Channel a long time ago, as far as I'm concerned. Right, and like what I'm hoping this, what I'm hoping this is, is like they're doing this docu series to then, like, when this is done, announce, hey, in four months we have like some historical Nobunaga-based drama coming out where it's like we've given all you fucking non-Japanese people the context and appreciate these historical events. Here's the show we're now producing as part of this. Like, if they start doing that, that would be unbelievably cool in my book. It's like, hey, here's a cultural historical crash course in this thing we're gonna start doing a show in. Here's a- They've not announced this, I just hope it's what they're doing, because it's the only way I can explain in my mind that they're making this thing. Like, it's so out of left field. It's like, this exists! And it's me sitting there going, why would you make this? Thank you for doing this, Netflix, but like, this isn't you! This is informative, and for a speci- for a specific audience, and like, yeah, Queen's Gambit was also that, but Queen's Gambit was a drama. This is just like, yo, here's some history coming at you, with some budget been, behind it. They've been kind of testing the waters with documentaries here recently, I mean, I think, uh, but... I, yeah, I, those were kind of like more general hit famous figures, like those are true documentaries. This is definitely just kind of like... This is someone's history podcast talking about this era of Japan put to some slick motion graphics and some goodly produced kind of reenactment moments. Like, it's... This is... I am watching a podcast for all purposes in this. Like, there's nothing in this you couldn't do in just audio and have the exact same impact with, I guess. Like, it, with a little soundscaping you could get there, too. But it, it's cool they're doing it. It's it's Maybe fun's the wrong word, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like, it's... It moves at a good play- pace, the acting, and it is surprisingly good, Like, and it's the right level of over-the-top, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like, here are the facts as we understand them, like, there's no editorializing on them except for the occasional moment where it's like, yeah, like, it's the, this is a man in history that, like, you can say, changed the course of everything for this country kind of thing, or like, yeah, it, it's all, it's one of my favorite time periods when it comes to warfare of Whenever a country starts having leaders that go like, wait, but what if we just murder the opposing generals? We can't do that. Who says we can't do that? We can get black clothing and like creep over walls and just murder their generals. Can we do that? 
Like, and that's kind of a big part of what Mobunaga was doing was like unconventional tactics where people were just like, we had never thought to use things to get in the way of horses before. And this guy's <laughs> out there being like, what if we just made hard for horses to move? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobunaga's, yeah, his forces were definitely known for being creative, like really creative yeah. in, for, as far as military tactics and strategy as well. Like just not just tactics, but overall strategy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I love time I, periods where just it's like it's someone going around being like, okay, so we have all these guys with swords. Yeah. What if we didn't use them? What? We have guns now. Right. Explain this one. What if we shot and fell back? That'll never work. Four battles later. Okay, yeah, the shooting and falling back thing. It works okay. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a... Alright, so when I was uh, like living in Japan for a couple of years, yeah. I, I watched a, a a really popular drama came on that was highlight... It was especially popular where I was living because it was a story from that area specifically. It was called... Uh, Toshie and Matsu, and it was about well, Maeda Toshie was a one Nobunaga's main generals. Like, yeah, I think, he, it, I think he got mentioned as part of this. But yeah, they but they made a whole drama about him and his wife, and and it was actually really good. But yeah, it's like super popular where I was living because it was a it's a local tradition. You could visit their castles that they lived in and stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it fun. would be cool yeah, to it's... see, like a, like you said, like a, it, if they decide to do some, you know, historical drama or historical fiction, you know, based somewhere in this in this era that they're describing. So. Yeah, it, it would be kind of a fun if they start doing that, it's like a primer of like, here's some context, you fucking uncultured Westerners, here so you can now appreciate our beautiful show. We're now going to start releasing. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, but in a more video game related category, I played a game called Return of Reckoning, which is technically a fan slash shard server of a game called Warhammer Online The Age of Reckoning, which is an mm. MMO that did not last a very long time that launched back in 2008, I believe is when it officially launched, and it it did a lot of things in that game that to this day have are either still like only being slowly implemented in other MMOs that have come since then. I if it had had a bunch of other stuff going for it, like maybe if it hadn't been in such a high, it was weirdly expensive for monthly fees on it and stuff like that. And let's face it, the Warhammer Fantasy, I, I what's the right phrase? Setting is not the most popular of settings out there. Like it's not Blizzard at the end of the day. It had an uphill climb, but like this is maybe the only game in history that could have unseated WoW as the top MMO ever. It, it had a real shot at it. It didn't pull it off, and that's kind of weird for me to say that. But like what that what this game did, a bunch of other games have not done successfully. Even WoW like has tried to steal stuff for how this game did certain aspects of it since then, and it's very strange hearing people talk about this. Like it was the first game to do kind of the real realm versus realm where kind of you had zones that had ongoing stories that you were part of like i i very distinctly remember back when i was playing this you had a thing where you were if you were on the side of chaos you were trying to siege a castle and if you're on the side of thing was order you were trying to prevent that siege from happening and the chaos side basically was you were 
brewing alcohol to lower a bunch of giants here and then throw your forces over the wall, and the other star was trying to sabotage that effort. It's a, it, not all zones were that kind of uh, sticky, but you could stop the other one from progressing the story. It was kind of it was this ongoing thing where at, like, at certain intervals throughout the day, it would say, okay, cool, this side's done more than the other, that means this storyline progresses that way, and now we're kind of like reactionary to it. And it was really cool at the time. Again, this was 2008, there was like four MMOs that existed, and a million ones that were terrible that no one talked about, and this one came, and it went, and it died, did a bunch of cool things in combat, the class stuff was kind of innovative for the time. You had some neat kind of cool abilities pop out throughout the game, too. Like, every race had kind of classes overlapped, but all the classes were distinctly different from each other, that they felt very different. Like, I played kind of the straight forces of chaos or the orcs, and I played black orcs or marauders, and marauders were kind of your DPS chaos class that their whole thing was they just mutated their arms into weapons, and that was their thing. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Viking with a Lovecraftian scythe arm for no reason, and now it's a club, and now it's just tentacles, because I'm changing it up during combat. I... Yeah, and the side of Order had other stuff that was interesting. They were kind of more traditional. They were your traditional fantasy classes, if you will. Those were elves and humans and dwarves and stuff, and those all played in heavily to their kind of fantasy backgrounds, which, if you're not familiar with the Warhammer fantasy background, it puts a lot of... A, WoW, or not WoW, but Blizzard stole a bunch of what that franchise's concepts of those things, especially from the kind of order side is straight lifted from the games workshop stuff in kind of almost insulting ways but then they kind of ungrim dark it's you do have good guys and bad guys or at least neutral guys like the whole part of the warhammer franchise is everyone's terrible there are no good guys like even the good guys are still somehow the bad guys a little bit you have worse bad guys but also like it's yeah we have the we have the elves that are like shining examples of culture and blah 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 they're also horrific racists and don't lift a finger to help any other species until it's like, oh shit, if we don't help, we might get wiped out. And if you're into that, you're into that kind of whole grimdark approach to it. But that's a long way of talking about the fact that Return of Reckoning is a fan-run thing. You can join for free, as best I can tell, because I sure as hell joined for free. And it's the game. You can go play Age of Reckoning right now if you want, which as someone who more or less missed out on all that thing because I was in college at the time and wasn't doing MMOs on top of college at that time, so I missed this entire game, more or less. I remember playing it a little bit when it first came out and then being like, I don't have time for this. It's fun to be back in this. It looks like ass. It plays, as <laughs> I remember it being like, it's it's them 2008 MMO graphics. Yeah. <laughs> And the fan base behind this has put some effort into it. They are making new content for it, which is cool. I think the Inevitable City just came out or is coming out soon. Like it's They're making new stuff for a game that's been dead for literally over a decade kind of thing, and it's, it's neat. Like it's, it's what you'd want to see in a situation like this. And the population isn't huge, so kind of like try and pick a time when people are playing for kind of the best experience, but also... If you want to dive in and play this thing, it's fun. It's still one of, I think, the best playing MMOs ever made. Like, And I say that meaning it was that weird, perfect in-between between kind of being a Terra combat system and being a traditional kind of tab and attack thing where, hmm. depending on the class you're playing, it's like, yeah, you're a spellcaster. 
you tab and attack because you're a spellcaster. There's not a lot of stuff you can do, but if you're playing like one of the more sword fighty up in it kind of classes, no, there's a more active aspect to it. It's blocking, it's attacking, it's kind of counters and so that. It's not like perfect, but it all works somehow when all put together. It kind of works better than you'd expect it to, and it's fun. Like it's fun being an orc with a big chopper going after people, and your orc is a. It, in a, in a world where orcs are just kind of typically like, okay, yeah, they're kind of the same thing. The fact that they have I think it's called like headhunter and or not headhunter, but it's like it's like it's chopper guy and black orc, and black orcs are just the same chopper guy in more armor, so they're slower. And chopper guys are like, no, I recover health on kills. So my whole thing is I just go kill to kill to kill to kill to regen health as fast as I can. Well, the black orcs like you lose health. I'm slow, but I never take damage. Yeah. It, it was a cool MMO. It's a fun slice of gaming history that just got steamrolled by a variety of other factors. Like, and again, I'm not saying it was a perfect game by any measure. The game had its problems, but it was also one of, if not the first kind of modern MMO that was very PvP focused. Like, it was a game that had the Ooh. end game being like, no, our, our, our end game is PvP because it's order. It's the forces of chaos versus the forces of order. That's what you're building towards. Go nuts. And. The forces of chaos are very chaos, and the forces of order are very order. And playing through that, you're like, man, I'm playing the bad guys. You're, you're playing the humans, and they're kind of like paladins. No, I'm pretty sure I'm playing the bad guys. A lot of free will in this order army. What about the chaos army? Not a lot of sensibility and tactics in this chaos army. <laughs> what, are tor- what are tactics? Get more boys, throw them at target. Repeat until dead. At a minimum, I highly go recommending checking out the uh, old trailers for it. It sets a tone for what this game is, where you have an orc warrior climb into a catapult and get catapulted into a wall and <laughs> die on impact. Like, that's what this game is in some ways. It's an MMO that's like, no, that's a thing that can happen to you, and that's an orc tactic at that point. It's just, we have a lot of boys. We're going to throw these boys at that castle till one boy finally gets through. Yeah, I mean, I still occasionally log in and play a shard server for Fantasy Star Online 1. The Fantasy Star Online. For the first one. And so, no, I, I get that. I And there's a nostalgia factor there, and also just, I don't know, it's like, yeah, I, don't, I definitely get kind of going back and checking these private shard servers out. I stumbled it's- across this as freak action, like, because I was watching a lot of Total War Warhammer stuff, which I have since decided, I don't think I like that game, actually, but also I may be playing mm. that game completely wrong, which might be my fault, but regardless, because mm. I was on YouTube for that a lot, it's like, hey, did you know Reckoning Reborn is a thing? And I'm like, sorry, Return of Reckoning? And I'm like, no. And they're like, yeah, no, you can just go to this website and you can be playing Age of Reckoning right now. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Half an hour later, okay, yeah. Play the Black Orc again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying it's a fantastic game, but the game's aged especially well, but I think it's from a game historian perspective, if you want to check out one of best as a subjective concept because the game died for a myriad of reasons, like most of which was its kind of population problems and just the amount of support it got. If you want to play an MMO that indirectly shaped how many MMOs that were kind of more successful and larger than it, including World of Warcraft, like there is a lot of stuff that after this game happened, World of Warcraft suddenly like, 
an appropriate development amount of time later was like, look what we have now. And the Age of Reckoning fans were like, we had that a year and a half ago, you fuckers. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, it's if you want to check it, I think a historically important MMO, like, again, not the best MMO, like, it it has its problems. Like, the, in the Warhammer fantasy universe from a just kind of narrative and lore status is... It does not age well. I think the point of this does not age well. Like, there's an inherent, like, bizarre racism to that approach to fantasy, which it's not racist, racist, but no, it's part of the part of the reason these conflicts exist is that everyone thinks they're better and everyone thinks they're in, everyone else is inferior to them, and yeah, kind of aspect of this weird fantasy world they all live in, and the apocalypse is coming, and everyone's kind of on this drowning ship. I. I will say it's sad you can't play a Skaven in the game, but that's kind of asking too much out of a game that came out in 2008 before the Skaven heyday and the mm. Skaven kind of love fest that eventually happened, because, well, the idea of making a fantasy game in Warhammer without Skaven now just seems like, okay, you want this to fail, congratulations. Because Skaven rock. But, yeah, no, I... Go check it out if it's your thing. Like, if you remember playing this... Return of Reckoning is out there. You can go check it out. Like it's pretty easy to get set up and running. And I was pleasantly surprised by how, once it was up and running, how smooth it was. I didn't really encounter any kind of technical problems. It was fun to take a trip down nostalgia lane and play this game. If you are, are curious, to like what I think, one of the like what from a lot of people that like are big into MMOs have said is one of the most important MMOs that failed of all time. Go check this one out too. Like it, it's a very there's a lot of stuff in this game as I've said already that like other games have yet to match or kind of implement in the same way, and you're like, why isn't someone doing this? Like, it is a game that people are like, the uh, the true successor to this game was Wildstar, of all things. And that failed for similar reasons, which was just, yeah, the game did maybe too much out of the gate and couldn't quite keep it up, but also it just didn't get WoW big enough to support itself. That's the problem with either going to free-to-play or doing the paid subscription model. You have to be making money, and if you never get that big community going, you just don't get over that threshold eventually. And yeah, it, it, it's not perfect by any chance, but I think it's still kind of worth checking after into kind of the history of MMOs or whatever. It's cool. It's fun. It's a little bit silly. Like it's it's Warhammer Fantasy at the end of the day. But yeah, no, yeah, we're trying to reckon. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I've just all right. So over the years, Warhammer and then like Warhammer, you know, forty k. Yeah, have both. Both of those properties have had have seen various games sort of like produced every so often on various consoles or on PC, and it just seems like the world itself is never really just caught on. Like it's like people like it enough to where the games, a lot of the games haven't been just abject failures. Yes, like, I will also but, say, but that- just not, but just on the edge of just. I don't know how to explain it, but it just seems like they just never really caught everybody's imagination. Well, so it, it's it's twofold. Like, it's one of those ones where it has the problem of it has to make games for the fans of those things, because mm-hmm. those fans are surprisingly well-funded and will kind of bitch endlessly online, and mm-hmm. they have a very bad habit of giving those licenses to not great development studios. Like, for every uh. good... Warhammer 40k game that comes out, there are easily kind of 10, 15 games that were just like the ultimate shovel where like, yes, this exists for this very specific faction of the Warhammer fan base that like 
is super into Necromunda for whatever reason kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I, I say Necromunda because the Necromunda game came out lately, and they're like, yeah, if you're playing against another person, this game is cool. The AI to play against this game is a fucking joke. Like, the, the number of ways you can break it is insulting, and like I, I made Alex play one of the shining jewels of the crown of shit that is 40k games. A an MMO that's viewed as quite possibly the worst MMO ever made. Mm. And it's but, it's as 40k as it can be kind of thing. Like it's just also an unbelievably terrible game. You know the game I'm talking about, right, Alex? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was the third Which person one? shooter that was the MMO where it was just kind of like battleground after battleground and like the aiming is bad. The like every part of it just flat out sucked. Like it was a terrible game. You recorded that, that weird Warhammer. Yeah, one? that's what I'm talking about. Oh god, that game was fucking horrible. It was, it, yeah, I think yeah. it's like Vermintide came out, which did well. I think it's uh, Space Hulk, which is coming. I think that's what it's called, which is Vermintide, but in 40k, I think will do okay. Like Vermintide is the Skaven. Like it is Warhammer Fantasy, and people seem to dig that game for obvious reasons, but. Mm. Yeah, no, like it's it's that is a fan that's a franchise, a license, I'm not quite sure what the right phrase is, that requires a weird amount of player knowledge of the lore. Like I stopped playing either of those things over a decade ago, but I still keep up with the lore of those things because the lore is both fantastic and bizarre and extensive in ways that lore should not be. Like, the lore for selling these goddamn plastic pieces should not be as well fleshed out as this one is, and is continuing to evolve as it exists. I I also think that that whole kind of space suffers from the fact that there is a not insignificant chunk of that fan base that makes me regret having anything to do with that fan base. Like, I the whole Space Marine Imperium thing attracts a very interesting group of people mentally to it that don't quite get that they're wrong on a variety of topics and, like, don't get that, like, oh, the Space Marines are totally the good guys. No, they're pretty terrible, actually. Like, if there's a good guy faction in that franchise, it's the Tau, and they're also kind of secretly terrible, or it's maybe the Chaos Space Marines that their big sin is we rebelled against this tyrannical human god thing. And yeah, we shacked up with like the four ruinous powers and three of those, or two of those four powers are legitimately like undeniably evil. One of those four powers is undeniably evil. Three of those four powers are kind of ambiguously evil, but also like evil in the same way that like is the is disease and death inherently evil? No, it's just a natural force. Is like corn is corn, and corn is just like you should fight people for me and whatever. And Zeech is scheming, sneaky psychers. Really, only Slanesh is the bad god, and even that one's kind of up in the air for your ambiguity. Like, I hate lore this way. Like, I can make a claim for Slanesh being not the bad god, but also like it was born of terrible things happening, but also like. It didn't choose to be born. It was born because an entire race of, like, super-evolved psychic beings got way into, like, obscenely fucked-up sex stuff. That's yeah. Slash's origin story. Like, it's like, yeah, you birthed a god by basically psychically focusing accidentally all of your absolutely depraved and fucked-up hedonistic tendencies. 
it's evil because it's like, yo, I'm the god of excess and I'm into excess, but also it didn't choose to be that. It's a reflection of how fucked up a certain species was by the end of its kind of natural cycle of things, but this is way more lore talk than needs to be in a fucking gaming podcast about 40k. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're way off the path I intended to go with this, and yeah, I, <laughs> sorry, you made the mistake of asking, like, about 40k video games, and I can make a list of, like, on, like, using one hand's worth of fingers of the ones worth playing, and it's Vermintide 1, Vermintide 2, that fucking Space Marine game that if you've not played that and you're a fan of just dumb action games, you can get it for, like, ten bucks on Steam. You owe it to yourself to play that game. It is the most fun... It is not a complicated game. It is not a thoughtful game. It is a game about a dude in power armor and a chainsaw just murdering his way through a shit ton of orcs and demons and stuff. Like, it is... It is Doom, but third person and somehow more dumb in the right way possible. Like, it is a game that's like, you recover... It did Doom's health recovery system almost a decade before Doom's health recovery system happened. And use a chainsaw for it. It's, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, that, that one's good. The end, the Total War games are pretty good. I'm sure there's some Warhammer fan out there that's like, no, you forgot about this one. Shut up. Those don't matter. Those are the five good ones. Those are the ones worth playing. Yeah, I, You may have noticed that four of those five games were fantasy games and only one of them was the 40k stuff. That's not accidental. The 40k games are legit terrible, although Tau Fire, Fire Warrior is kind of a cool game for what it is. It's still not great, but it's like, oh, this is a neat idea for a first-person shooter in this universe. I- I'm gonna stop talking now, because I can talk way too long about Warhammer bullshit, because it <laughs> occupies way too much of my brain. Yes, uh, Return of Reckoning! Go check it out if that's your thing. It's, it's fun. It's easy to get into. There's a website for it. They walk you through to get up and running pretty quickly. I, it's yeah, no, uh, chart servers, they're fun. Let the fan bases do cool stuff with dead MMOs every once in a while. Yeah. What have you two been up to now that I've chewed up way too much time talking about the ruinous powers and the great horned rat and Skaven? Um, I I don't have too much. Uh, I guess I'll start on the, the, the scary news I had this week, but so Thursday night I came home and my dog had vomited and pooped everywhere and I had freaked the fuck out like what was going on. Um, and it turns out she had gotten into um, some glucosamine treats that I give her for her joint health and ate, like, over a hundred of them, which was fucking terrifying. So uh, I ended up, it was basically a long night, took her to the dog ER on the recommendation from Animal Poison Control. Luckily, she's fine. We're out of the woods. Uh, she's all good and all that, but yeah. So that was my Thursday to Friday. was just pretty much living in panic. So that was fun. Um, and then, uh, other than that, I've been... Uh, have you guys been watching WandaVision at all? I have been. I, I, I'm all caught up. I haven't. It's, I played on at some point. We talked about I this last haven't. week. Yeah. Okay, well, I wanted to bring it up again, because it ended, well, it was a series finale episode today, or Friday. Really good! I think it lived up to the hype across the board. Like, it's hard to find something that will live up to the hype consistently all the way through. And I think Division did a really good job of it, so I wanted to highlight that again, because, God, this show was so good. So... I think the ending uh, was a little weak in some ways, just given kind of some of the stuff people thought was going to happen, but that's also on the case of the fans, but 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 fans writing their own expectations out, and then when it's not met, it's great. It's funny. I think I actually saw an Onion article talking about how people were mad, like people uh, mad at show didn't live up to their personal expectations. Kind of thing yeah. was like this yeah. whole headline thing, which was like, oh great, it doesn't pull a what's it what's it called, the Game of Thrones? Like it's no, it, it's good at with the same level through the entire pacing of the show, but. As someone who also knows, I guess, the WandaVision House of M stuff, that a lot of this stuff was lightly sampling, I want them to go a little bit further, but I also, like, I'm capable of separating myself enough to go, like, no, I I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, I think the ending was cool. I think the... Uh, did you catch both of the after-credit um, yes. dinners? Yeah, I think those were kind of yes. good things to have in there. I I personally want to see the show about Jimmy Woo at this point, or... that's That's his name, right? Jim Woo? Yeah, Jimmy Woo, yeah. yeah. I want that show so, to exist now on more on streaming. Yeah, he's... <laughs> a, I like that actor a lot, and B, just like that, the idea of FBI guy in the Marvel Universe being like, yep, I'm here to be an FBI person in the Marvel Universe is an idea I can get behind. Yeah, it's like a new, or a canon version of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because based off of everything that's going on with the MCU... Yeah. Yes, some of the things that people are like a little sad about is that it kind of makes the uh, the Agents of Shield canon not Agents canon of Shield well. uncanonized itself pretty quickly though too. Like, did you watch yeah. that show start to finish? No, it, that show followed the movies pretty aggressively for like the first two or three seasons, and then just got okay. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, too many people came back from the dead on that show to make sense. Like, they had one actor that kept coming back as like, oh, he's this now, oh, he's this now, oh, he's this now. And by the end, you're like, just have him come back. He's obviously a fan favorite. Like, this whole narrative of him dying and then coming back or, like, there being a life model replica of him is getting real old at this point. Yeah. They did the same thing in Flash. Yeah. There's, yeah, so I've seen that before. But, but yes, it, it uh, I haven't. I mean, I, I haven't watched the Flash. Is this the one on CW or whatever it's called? Yeah, the first couple oh, okay. seasons of that are pretty good. Then it gets CW real quick. <laughs> I've heard a lot of really mixed stuff. I know there's a big subreddit that makes fun of all the dumb shit they do. The first season is fun. The way the first two seasons of Arrow are pretty fun. They're like they're good YA superhero shows. I'm not saying they're good shows, but. They're good adaptations of kind of the darker parts of those comics. It's the later seasons of Flash where Flash is like, oh, I have these superpowers, but every time I use them wrong, bad things happen. What if you stop using them wrong, Flash? What if you use them to stop the bad guys? But time travels my new hobby. Stop it, Flash! Stop writing history. You have too many continuity issues as it is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean they they recently went through a you know crisis on infinite earths. So I mean that was actually good. I I tapped in for that because I like Crisis of Infinite. Like, that was yeah, that was good. It was, but it was actually also the fixing shit. It was a it was a really good I think adaptation of it yeah. with lots of nods to other series and other Superman, which I kind of enjoyed as well. Yeah, there's some fun kind of if you've been following well, DC's TV shows for a long time. I, I just I just yeah. like. Lex Luthor's portrayal in the whole thing was absolutely done excellently. I really like. I think. I think the actor did a fantastic job of being him during the crisis. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, no, they they did some good. It, it was. It was far better given everything they've done with the Flash and kind of surrounding shows 
than I expected it to be because Infinite Crisis is also just a bizarre, messy comic book event too. When you have mm. the freedom of oh, comic no, book stuff, you mean you know, d- separate Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah, from I, Infinite Crisis? Those are two different events. No, I know I, either one of them are still messy events. Oh in God! The comic books. Oh, oh God! Like, at, well, at this point, they've rebooted the entire universe like six times in the last decade. So it's like, okay, yeah. get it. No, my, Somebody yeah, wanted to change their, their infinite their interpretation of doing a crisis in a TV show, which in a comic where you have the infinite ability to kind of rewrite stuff because it's a comic book. I'm like, huh, you pulled it off. Actually, I'm not mad at this yeah. way. I normally am at these DC reboots. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is fine. I enjoyed the well, fact that fucking Lucifer showed up in like a brief snippet. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. I like the fact that WandaVision is also leaning heavily into we can make a new story while still, you know, giving little tidbits of things that were from the comic books in there, but a new story. We're not just going to remake a story. We're going to make something with a lot of newness to it. I mean, and I I appreciate that. I haven't watched WandaVision yet, but it sounds like that's definitely like it's nodding and kind of winking about you know, so, like you said, House of M and some other stuff like that that happened, but without just being, we're literally retelling the story note for note. Yeah, as a fan of the character Scarlet Witch, that like understands the correct version of Scarlet Witch is this unbelievably broken, not fun character to have around because it's like, what's your power? I rewrite reality. Oh, that's a bullshit ability. The version they have in the MCU is appropriately kind of grounded, and they kind of, they they show just how, like, still stupid powerful she is in WandaVision, but it's like, no, she's not gonna rewrite, it's like, she's not quite rewriting reality, but she can make, like, facsimiles of reality, and that's close enough for most of you nerds, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm okay with it's like, she's still stupid powerful, but not, like, Hi, you no longer breathe air. (laughs) Powerful. Well, it's like, well, I mean, we saw in the movie, she nearly took out Thanos by herself. But doing two things at once, like fending him off by herself while also trying to... No, and the show actually acknowledges that. ridiculously powerful. And that's the problem. It's like, what do you do with a character that is this sort of like broken in terms of like power level i mean she i mean like she doesn't even have like the limitations of like a you know professor x or magneto she's just like yeah Yeah. well because she's i mean she's a nexus level being yeah so like the phrase you're looking for is is beyond omega level alex if you're gonna oh yeah in our parlance use the correct nerd slang on this one nexus is the actual term yeah, Nexus is the actual term, which means she's a constant regardless of the reality. Mm-hmm. So she can travel between different realities, and regardless of that, she's a constant. There's not That's another what makes her a Nexus level being. There's not another version of her in other realities. Yeah. She is the version in all realities. Yeah. So it's it's just like how do you like quantify that for a Marvel universe kind of show or yeah. movie? Like, and they're starting to like. They're starting to give her more credit than credit's due because, like, she was, she's, I mean, compared to what she could be, she's pretty gimped in, like, the Marvel MCU films. Yes, even which, though she was which able is to. Good. Yeah. Which is good. And we all agree that 
That's a good thing. Yeah, if, it's as much as I love House of M, they should not do House of M. Like that's that's a thing yeah. you cannot come back from as a franchise. Like that is yep. too far for a movie franchise to go and unfortunately that's peak Scarlet Witch slash Wanda at that point, and it's it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we'll see where it goes. I, I it's I will say though, WandaVision is definitely worth a watch. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a hell of a show. It. My big like <laughs> that's been what I've been up to. I just started kind of speed running through all the episodes, and then I started like catching up with them, or at least I started like maybe watching them weekly, like the last two three weeks. But like, yeah, I I powered through the first couple episodes, sure. and man, it was great to watch. So, but yeah, it's done, so I won't bring it up next week, but. <laughs> it was just worth noting that it finally finished, and man, it was great. Yeah, no, that wasn't me knocking it by any measure. It's just, uh... yeah, but that's it for me. I oh, know I've immensely really enjoyed that else. show. It's one of the better things to watch right now. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we've still got like Loki, and then the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Show, yeah, which... but it made me care about Vision, a character that in comic books and the MCU I still think's a dumb character. So I got to give it points for that still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it, it's just that show's written so damn well. I'm looking forward to what's it called, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That looks like it could be yeah. fun. Oh yeah. I, yeah, and and well, just on a side note, I hope that leans into sort of the. Uh, well, it looks like like in lieu of instead of like just letting uh, Falcon immediately become Captain America, it may be a sort of. Uh, if you know about the nomad U.S. agent saga that sort of went on, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Steve Rogers, or in the comic book, Steve Rogers gives up the mantle of Captain America because he became disillusioned with the government and became nomad for a while. Meanwhile, they went with a character that was formerly a villain called, like the I don't remember his name as a villain, but became the new Captain America, and would eventually, when Cap- Steve Rogers came back, would become U.S. agent. Yeah, so but U.S. agent's this... in the show. They've already confirmed U.S. agent, at least in the yeah. show. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I've, I forget the name he was, in the comic book he was called before U.S. agent. I don't but think it's Crossbones, it... but that's who I'd guess. No, 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 it's not Crossbones. Crossbones is a different guy. No, no, no. It was like, it was, it was another, like, it was like Super Patriot or something like that. It was, it was Maybe. a, uh, uh no, it was something like Super Patriot. Yeah, Super Patriot. And so he is this, you know, overly nationalist, jingoist sort of character that Captain America battled against. Because Captain America is more about the ideals, not just blindly following. Uh, but not to go too deeply into that, but in any case, looks like they're doing that story and I kind of like that. I like that as you know, Falcon will become Captain America just, you know, just not immediately, and they're going to lean into, blend that story in. I I like that idea. I really like that idea. There again, I feel like they're going to tell a a new story. They're not just going to retread that story either. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for these new stories coming out that aren't in the comic book. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm digging it too. I have to say, I'm really really enjoying what they're doing. It like they. At first, I was like, oh, it's going to be campy, weird TV shows, but they seem to have really done well with I them. was in so for I campy, think... weird TV shows, so... Yeah, I mean, because it's like, oh, they're just going to kind of cash in on it through 
Disney Plus, and they've actually delivered fairly well. I'm actually surprised Disney's putting out really good stuff as far as it goes. Like, even The Mandalorian, I've heard nothing but good things about, so... You have not watched Mandalorian yet. I have not watched it yet, so... Really? Yeah, I have not watched it yet. You should watch it. I, I will. I've heard really, really good things across the board. Yeah, that's it for me. I don't really have much else other than the usual uh, playing WoW stuff. Uh, actually, I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm pretty much... My character my, my character is on the bench for the next two bosses at this point, so I'm not seeing any more progression uh, at now, so I'm probably going to look for a new guild at some point. <laughs> so, If you have a WoW guild, super- I want Alex to play with you, and you play on Horde, right? I play Horde, yeah. yeah. Well, in the server sell. transfer, and I'll even stream it. <laughs> that's not something anyone so, wants. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's that's it for me. All right. Well, as for me, I haven't really been watching anything new. I just, I don't know. I just haven't really been watching a lot of, I suppose, TV shows. Really, I've I've been watching a few documentaries. I watched a really neat one just yesterday, actually, which was on the essentially on Rome eventually overtaking the the a lot of the Greek areas like the like Macedonia and other areas it, it, it's actually really good it's just it's it's just it's on YouTube and it's just dry historian talking about and then it's, they marched on the Sophili. yep yep Exactly like that, and uh, I, I don't know, I enjoy it. I, I like watching good documentary because I do like history. My history, world history, isn't awesome. I have like a, a reasonable grasp of sort of major events around the world, but not a lot of detail. So I enjoy watching something like that every once in a while, just to give me a little more, a little more, yeah, fill in a little more of the detail of actually what was going on and some of the, and so it's really fascinating, especially in this case with how Rome really used clever strategies as far as making allies to, and essentially using diplomacy as much as they use their sort of very powerful and well-trained army, they used key diplomatic sort of turns and sort of, to to win to basically win in the end and to stretch out their empire. But in any case, uh, outside of that, yeah, no no sort of TV shows. But I did get a, finally get around to playing a a uh, roguelite game that I've been intending to play for a while, and I'd gotten it on the Epic Store for free some time ago. Crying Sons. And why do I know about this? It's it's very similar to FTL, like very similar to FTL. It's just more, it's a more fleshed out FTL when it comes down to it. And so it's a tactical RTS with some sim elements as far as like your ship, when it comes to your ship, essentially you have a major giant ship that you're going around in and you have an admiral you're playing an admiral and and essentially, the way it work, the way battles work is you have uh, you have uh, bays for ships, so you fight by fleet. Your ship itself can take damage, and you have weapons that you can have on your ship. But you also control 
fleets in real time. And those fleets can basically three major types that with sort of a paper rock scissors to them. Fighters, drones, and frigates. Uh, fighters are good against uh, fighters are good against drones. Drones are good against frigates. Frigates are good against fighters. And so you kind of it has a uses a hex grid to move ships along, but it's all in real time. And you but you could also pause time and then like kind of set dot by dot like your route for a ship wherever you want them to go. And and you also have on your main main ship you can fire you can equip and fire different types of weapons like just lasers or like large bombs things like that. So and the ultimate aim is you're trying to destroy the other ship in a ship during a ship battle. So you have to get ships all the way over there and actually cause damage to their them their hull and their systems. It's but you don't have to deal with individual rooms or anything like that or like so in some ways it's 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 simplified from FTL in that you don't have to worry about individual people during a battle and even though you do can set some some uniques to sit in the uh, sit in the like the either for the hull or the ship bay or the or the weapons bay uh, which can uh, enhance those uh, if those if that character. So that's the other part. You can get unique characters who kind of end up as your commanders. They all have different things. Uh, all right. So the main way this goes is much like FTL. You move from from a gal- uh, solar system to solar system, and any jump takes fuel. But within each solar system, you can also go to individual worlds in each solar system. They have varying numbers of worlds with varying types of events. Uh, some events are you can go on to the planet itself and check it out. So you send a certain number of troops you have, which you have a finite number that you can replenish, and you send them down with the commander. And what it'll do is before you go down to a planet, you can it will tell you what your chances are of losing troops and finding stuff according to which commander is in charge. And that relates to the commander's abilities, such as do they have leadership, hacking, weapons, other other things like that. So so that and that determines whether or not if you just have the ability, you will pass a point checkpoint that requires that ability. That is hacking or defense or whatever. And if you don't, then there's a chance that some of your troops get injured or killed. So that's another thing that you can do in the game. But essentially, you uh, now I don't want to give away too much of the story because it takes you. It actually has an overarching story that's going on. But the crux of it is a highly technological empire for some reason failed like a good while ago, and. You are a clone that gets woken up. This is at the very beginning of the game. You're a clone that gets woken up and basically ends up on a starship. You're a clone of an admiral woken by an AI and you end up piloting a starship 
and with the help of this AI on board as well. And so you're trying to find out what happened, like how did how did everything kind of go to complete shit? And things got really bad, and humanity, like, maybe kind of on the verge of being wiped out <laughs> at this point because of just how bad things have gotten. It's a space but, game, got it. Yeah, it's 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 a yeah, it's a space game. But yeah, it but it moves from planet to planet like FTL or the solar system to solar system. Everything uses fuel, you need fuel and you you also collect scrap, which also makes it like uh FTL, and you can use scrap to buy stuff or to upgrade your own ship. So yeah, it has randomized events, it has randomized planets and randomized galaxies that you hop from from galaxy to galaxy. And it is roguelite, so you lose some people or you lose something, you lose it. For good, it's gone. And you can also just, you know, lose in general, like your main ship can eventually be destroyed if you don't repair it or if you can't get to a place where you can repair it. But yeah, it's a it's a really good game. I'm really enjoying it. It's I like the fact that it has more storyline. I while I enjoy like FTL a lot, there's no overarching storyline to it. Yeah. There's sort of little stories going on, but nothing you uh, there is a sort of where you have this kind of faction chasing you. But Crying Sons has an actual, like, well-fleshed-out storyline that it's telling, and telling pretty well. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I've enjoyed the game as I've played it so far. Yeah. It's, I've just played through the tutorial mission, part one, I guess, but it that's taking you through, like, one chapter of the story. And I suppose if you fail, you go back. I don't know what happened if I would have failed during the this first mission. But, yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it if you haven't played it yet. Yeah, Crying Sons. I, yeah, I didn't even know... I thought that was one of those. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I meant... Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I got it free some time ago, and I just... I forgot I had it. I was just kind of looking through my epic library of, like... I think people keep comparing it to Mass Effect in some weird ways. Um, from like a story I, RPG perspective, I might be confusing it with a different game they gave away a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure about that. Uh, it's the storyline is more like uh, I'm trying to think of it. It did remind me of something else that I've played though, um, at least uh, to some extent. Um, I can't remember right now, but some other media property. It definitely the storyline reminds me of another major sci-fi media property. But it is, yeah, it is an interesting story, and more stuff is being revealed as you go along, And because the AI also doesn't really know what happened because it's been cut off from what's been going on. And so you're all exploring this mystery together. You're ex- you, this clone with very limited memories, and an AI that doesn't really know what's been happening in the outer outside of its own planet. And yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I, I hope 
I hope the storyline remains interesting and engaging as it is right now and doesn't fall into any sort of tired tropes, I guess. I mean, not yeah. that tropes are bad, but uh, I, but not where it's not predictable. Yeah, I, I, but so far, yeah, I like the graphics for it. The graphics are, you know, pretty pretty neat, honestly. For the characters, they're, I've gone with, kind of gone with a pixel style, but as far as the battles, the battles are with uh, 3D, like full 3D uh, characters or ships in any way going on. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was free on Epic. I mean, but this would be a game that I would also buy outright. I don't think it's very expensive either. But yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I'm just still playing, making my way through Panic. I will be playing Panic as a part of an FMV marathon uh, that will be coming up in a week, actually, just this Saturday. Um, we do know but, how much uh, I love FMVs. I may have to stop by for this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it is on the... Uh, let's see. Ah, gosh. Yeah. Um, it's on the Sega Crew channel. That's just... Sega Crew, one word, hmm. on that uh, Sega Crew channel on Twitch. And yeah, that starts on Saturday, and we'll be playing through uh, all, really, almost all Sega games. Like Sega CD, I think there might be a few Saturn ones in there. But mainly Sega CD games, because, oh god, there are a lot of FMV games on the Sega CD. So that's that's on Saturday and Sunday. I have kind of a late night one. Uh, I'll be at 11 p.m. on Saturday. I will be playing Panic for an hour because it's a, it's a showcase. I'll be doing a showcase essentially with the game because there's 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 some very fun things to showcase with it. So that's yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think technically panic counts. When you, if you see it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> it's I've been testing with it, and this week I'll be kind of I'll be make testing paths, make sure that I can both show off the game and beat the game in an hour. Which you, if you want to, you can beat the game in like ten minutes, but you you don't you don't get the fun of the game if you do that. So, but yep, uh, but. Yep, that's what I've been up to. That's pretty much it. So, I guess it's time for some news. News. News! Where to start this week? We got some fun, weird news to get through, I guess. Let's oh, yeah. Let's hit some Nintendo Corner first. So, in the kind of strange okay. category, the Wii U. Yes, that Wii U got its, got a software update. 2.5 years after the last one. So yeah, of course they're supporting that thing still for some godforsaken reason. I, being an adult male that doesn't, you know, keep my Wii U plugged in all the time, don't know what that update did, so we're just reporting that happened, but yeah, if you're a hardcore Wii U planner or user out there, make sure you got this update, because you and the eight other people I'm assuming you play with still care about it? I, I don't fucking know. That's really weird. I mean, the Wii U just occupies a strange space in console <laughs> history anyways. I mean, it's... Okay, r- it real talk. Like, uh, like, 
excluding some of the real kind of real fuck ups in Nintendo history, I'm talking like the Virtual Boy and stuff like that. <laughs> is the Wii U or the GameCube a bigger flop? The GameCube wasn't a flop. I, GameCube was, was not a flop by any means, considering they still drag those things to tournaments. No, I, I, years I know. Let me rephrase. In sales wise, compared to like the Wii U, or sorry, the Wii and the Nintendo 64, the GameCube was a flop. Like it's one of it is it is one of Nintendo's worst selling consoles. I get there's a certain group really? of people out there. Yes. It, it, I, That's so interesting. I, I get that the melee crowd out there is like super jazzed. The GameCube existed and stuff like that, but like of that generation, it lost. And also compared to other Nintendo hardware, it didn't do great. Having this conversation though, because I think we all like the GameCube for other reasons. Um, uh, that's I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, I don't know. I thought it actually did pretty well. I mean, it was behind some of the others, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The GameCube also, but but the GameCube was less bizarre, yeah. I guess, than the Wii U. The Wii U just seeming like the prototype for the Switch, really. That's that's really what it felt like to me. Yeah, a little bit. I still like the Wii U a little bit, but I'm also a psycho that bought that thing for two games! <laughs> I guess we don't have a good answer for that one, but we also... So we got that... We also have new Switch rumors. It's got OLED. It's got 4K output. It's got everything you'd want from an upgraded version of a Switch if you're going to buy another Switch, I guess. Uh, again, this is rumors, so it's not like officially out there, out there just yet. But, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. It makes sense. We've heard rumors about new Switch coming now for over a year. If it's OLED, that's yeah. actually pretty awesome. Like, I... All right, so my... TV I use as my second monitor. That's it's OLED. Yeah. It's so good and it's it's pretty old at this point. Like this TV's not new, but it looks fantastic. It looks so good. Mm. It also has like almost no like latency like whatsoever. It's really low latency. So yeah. Yes, it's another but. Bloomberg thing. I don't think Nintendo's officially got out there and said, yeah, we're making this, but like Samsung said, yeah, we're making the screens for it and shit like that, so it seems quite real. And it's coming for this holiday, allegedly, so that seems like a real thing at this point. I guess we'll see. I mean, notwithstanding all these sort of, you know, problems with uh, parts right now, like yeah. shortages on, on a lot of different types of computer Fuck, hardware the U.S. Parts. president's launching an investigation to why we can't get PS5s, like... Yeah. Should be <laughs> fucked, yo. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, that's I'm just saying that that may that may interfere with that a little bit. Yeah, I, but we'll we'll but we'll but we'll see. I'm you know I'm excited honestly because I don't have a switch, but that's of the new systems. That's still the one I want. Still, yeah, it's, like uh, <laughs> for a certain crowd, it's very desirable. Really, I I just like to play Animal Crossing. To be honest. I've enjoyed watching the Animal Crossing, uh, what's it, Valheim crossovers. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're invading the Animal Crossing island now, Vikings! (laughs) Yeah. Moving on from that, though, Aliens 
Fire Team got announced this week. It's coming sometime this summer. And as we all know, after the smashing success that was Alien Colonial Marines, you have nothing. You should have nothing but high <laughs> expectations for this game. <laughs> uh. It looks to be kind of left for dead, but with aliens. And while on paper that sentence sounds like it should be a really easy and good thing to make, Alien Colonial Marines existed, and that wasn't a good game or worth your money. So I think we're all kind of looking at this one going, this could be cool, but also that Predator game was kind of ass. Yeah, well, I just remember the... the, uh... You know the uh, Alien Swarm, the free game on on Steam. That yeah. was based. That was exactly what you said. That was it was a top down version, but it was Left for Dead with aliens, and that's that was really cool. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like Alien Isolation was really good, but that's a completely completely different type of game. Yeah, it's also it's like oh we made this awesome Alien game. Yeah, this is a first person shooter again. Well, that was a third yep. first person a- a stealth game. Very different game. Yep. It had one alien and lots of working Joes. This has many aliens, and I think I saw working Joes in the trailer, so they also have that going for them. But mm. Speaking of new stuff, they announced uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior 2. Uh, I can't believe we're another Ghost Warrior, or Sniper Ghost Warrior, I guess, more accurately. If you're into hilariously over-the-top headshots, go check this trailer out. It's... It's a thing. This franchise has always been kind of for a very specific group of the video game audience that, like, cares way too much about bullet drop on their shots in video games. So, congrats to that crowd and to the rest of us. Uh, yeah, this is a game I guess you could play if you're into that type of thing. It's mm. It still looks pretty. Uh, the character still has his weird kind of, like, not-cyber-suit going on in it, and uh, as the name implies, features a lot of sniping. So, yeah, it's a stealth game. Where to go from here? Uh, Watchdog Legion's multiplayer has been delayed indefinitely on PC. Uh, the reason given, a variety of glitches and bugs are getting in the way of that, and definitely not that the PC version of that game is allegedly a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were talking about this some before we got off on the podcast, but like for that game that like had so much hype coming into its release, the lack of anything, any like none of us care about that game except no, that's fair. Henry cares about that game in theory, but just the amount of nothing you hear about that game in kind of a media press anything circles, I think it's absolutely bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is like, un, uh, you know, it didn't come out and it was as a total train wreck yeah. because that would have gotten a lot of news, but it also didn't just like, you know, it incredibly impress people with, with, its, with its gameplay or anything. Yeah. It's like, it's gotten solid mid seventies is across the board as far as like, you know, reviews and such. So it's like, you know, it's good enough, but not thrilling, but also not like a shit show that yeah, would also have gotten attention. It's that, like, ultimate congrats, you made a video game stance. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. you made a game that sold and made money and people were fine with. Yeah. And we're, not saying the game fine. Not, and we're not saying the game has not been, like, a financial success or has not remade its budget, just I think it's... Telling might be the wrong word, but I still stand by telling that there's just no talk about this game since it came out. Like, it's just, it's out there. Like, yeah, you can buy it, I guess, but 
no one like even Valhalla, which I think is probably more generic game in some ways. People have more to say about than that game does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these are both by this, you know, both by Ubisoft. So, yeah. so it's not like yeah. I mean, they're both they're both by the exact same studio, or you know, not the same team, obviously, but by but published by the same studio. So, same studio's definitely been trying to promote both of those games. So. And I guess kind of yeah. sticking with Ubisoft and moving on to, I guess, a follow-up from a previous episode we did from way the fuck back when. It has been detailed what those additional division modes are going to be. It's just mm. one more additional game mode, no details given, apparently, sometime later this year. So if you were expecting a full another year of Division 2 content, nah. <laughs> Yay. May I recommend checking out the game Outriders? It's Division, but with actual fun superpowers. <laughs> Called Outriders, Outriders, you said? Is that the one you were talking to yep. me about recently? Yep. Okay, I may have to actually... You should. I like it. Its demo was so good it got nerfed. I'm not kidding about that, because it carries over to the actual game progression. People were using it to like power grind for high-end items that give you certain stuff. So the developers mm-hmm. were like, yeah, no, people are way, are loot-caving this thing way too hard. Shit. We need to stop that from being a thing. That's neither here nor there. Demo. Moving on from that, uh, Diablo 2 news. So it got announced this week that your old Diablo 2 files will work with Diablo 2 Resurrected. I will say that's amazing mm. if you still have save files for Diablo 2. Uh, Yo. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that one, but also as someone that remembers like the amount of glitched items that existed back in Diablo <laughs> 2, it's me going like, if you just fundamentally unbalanced that game forever, because I remember having friends that were had some very specific gear that was unbelievably broken because of how that game worked in certain areas. Mm. Like, well, also, if it's single-player game characters, you could use a character editor to give yourself whatever the fuck you wanted anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, do they mean those save files? Because if that's the case, I need to get my fucking character editor up so I can fuck around. To start speedrunning that game with a max-everything character. Well, that's what I did before. Yeah. <laughs> But keep in mind that it was separate from Battle.net, so anything you did with that character could not be used on the closed Battle.net servers. There was an open Battle.net that ran where you could use all sorts of hacked characters, and it was actually encouraged to have people compete and build the most janky, built yeah. over-the-top like hacked character that you could build. And so that was a thing, too, but that wasn't an open Battle.net. I don't see Blizzard doing open Battle.net anymore. They may just have like the closed battle net where it's all you know. So and on, like, that happened but, because yeah. the uh, battle net they had previously was flooded with like hacked and glitched items and stuff like that. Like that was a reactionary to, oh god, the battle net we have for this now is a nightmare full of hacked items. <sighs> yeah, so I had some friends that were way into how they had like, oh, I got these two glitched great swords, and I'm like, stop talking to me about Diablo two multiplayer. I don't care. I got these SOJs. Don't care. They stand for Stone of Jordans. Don't care. I mean, I'm here to talk about Soul Calibur 2, bitches. Oh yeah, the comics sense the uh, comments section even mentions the bugged gear yep. issue. <laughs> yeah, 
Yep. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. No, no. I I, I remember that, and I hardly ever played that. It game. was a very known thing, but yeah, it's not clear if that will extend to the multiplayer. But definitely seems like your single player will carry over. So yeah. Further adding to my ongoing question of really, how much is this just Diablo two with a paint job on it? Like exactly, yeah. how lazy were they with this game exactly? Hopefully, less lazy than with you know. Warcraft 3 remastered or whatever. So that raises an interesting question I've been batting around my head asking or not. What if this is Warcraft 3 Reforged levels of bad? Mmm. Ooh. That's... Because I, I don't mean to I both hope it is, and I hope it's not. Well, yeah, I don't want it's... people to pay for a thing and then be like, wow, this is, this is fucking awful. Also, fuck Blizzard, but yeah. So, I, so I generally think of the Warcraft Three crowd being a little less um, rageful than the Diablo crowd is. So, mm. yeah, we yeah. Well, I mean, we saw how the how the Diablo fans reacted to Diablo on mobile. You guys got a phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, as much as I, you know, I, I, you know, I don't mind, but you know, I would like for people to buy a thing and have a good thing. I also kind of hope it's a a an incredible shit show. Yeah, me too. In the same way, I enjoy talking about shit shows, but I also would like games to be good when they come out. So, yeah, as a Destiny player, I can enjoy both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of shit shows, though, Valve has officially called it quits on doing anything with that card game they made called Artifact. Uh, they got out there and said, yeah, no, this is it's not getting delisted. You can still play it, but they're not fixing it anymore. So if you enjoy Artifact, congratulations. You and the eight people that still play Artifact can still play it, I guess. But also, it's now only seven people that play it. One Theory Craft Games, yet another studio that's popped up. That's whole claim to fame is that it's a fill of people from, you know, other places that make really good video games has raised $37.5 million to launch its studio. It's pulling vets from Blizzard, Bungie, Riot, and Valve. So, yeah, that could be a good studio or not. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, it, it, it seems like they've... It, this includes like people involved in technology, not just like producers, like but actually like you know like yeah. kind of programmer and you know engineering leads as well as creative leads. So specifically, also more from the multiplayer aspects of things. Yeah. So we may, yeah, may see a multiplayer. You know, I don't think it's an. I don't think it's looking to make MMOs, but it's probably looking to make some multiplayer type games. You know, like a. Loot shooter or something like that. Well, I was gonna say like, uh, what or do you an wanna... arena arena shooter. Yeah, I was gonna say like, what, what do we want to bet that like their first game they put out is a um character is like a hero arena shooter. Yeah, yeah. I feel pretty confident putting money on that bet hypothetically. I guess while we're sticking with the uh, kind of dev studio news, let's talk about Hard Suit Labs. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we talked about this last week, and that was the whole thing where uh, the Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is 
we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but it's not good behind the scenes. And, yeah. So now, apparently the company that was, uh, the company that was working on it's now laid off basically their entire team that was working on that. So, yeah, no one's working on that anymore. Oh, shit. That's, oof. Not a lot of details out there about what exactly happened, but I feel increasingly pretty sure that we're not seeing Bloodlines 2 ever. Yeah, no, I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a very fair assessment. I'm actually surprised considering this, like, this happened and, like, no one has said anything. Like, you'd think somebody who worked in the, in you know, for the studio would have said something at some point. I... But if I was a gambling man, I would bet money on the fact that that werewolf game out uh, game came out like a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month at this point, and is a terrible game by all measures. Like, oh I, no, the, the world, oh no, the, the world. I haven't of, heard anything about it. I, it, it. It exists. It's fine. It's a game that we've done really well coming out at the end of the '90s. Is the impressions I've gotten <laughs> off that? Like I've watched enough of that game to <laughs> feel confident talking about it. And I did kind of play it and return it. It's a bad game by all measures. Like there's, wow, uh, that, wow, it's. H- how do you explain that Werewolf the Apocalypse game? Well, it's not one of the good World of Darkness games. I guess is the way of thinking of it, and. Henry knows more than anyone on this podcast that that whole fan community is used to just the video games for that IP being just a godforsaken letdown at every turn for the most part. Sometimes they're good, but god, they are bad with a way too high a frequency. Bloodlines 1 was actually the only good one. Yep. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. That and that's why there's so much sort of hope for Bloodlines 2. Yeah. Because Bloodlines 1 was actually like a, a really good game like fun with fun things to do generally speaking no so. and i the werewolf one's especially interesting for me because a group of people i know that i played vampire the masquerade with briefly with them were like super stoked for this game they're like it's gonna be the best thing ever and i'm just watching the trailers for it going are we talking about the same game because this game looks god awful like there's no way in hell this game is good based on anything I'm seeing so far, but okay, maybe you know something. And then it came out, and they refused to talk to me about it. I'm like, oh, so I was right about it. Got it. It's World of Darkness Vampires. How could it be bad? Have you played the other World of Darkness video games, including Bloodlines? No? Then you have no context for how bad it can be. Yep. And and the thing is, Werewolf is a tough one, because in in universe, werewolves are mad powerful like vampires have some very cool and interesting like powers that are largely there's a lot of them that are social rather than like physical werewolves are just like physical fucking yeah my my joke just tear shit apart my joke for the tabletop rpg is you start off doing one thing and just eventually every uh, campaign becomes some sons of anarchy like eventually you're Eventually, your, like, highfalutin philosophical discussions just devolve into biker gang antics, because that's what Werewolf actually is. Yep. And uh, Mage is about as super overpowered, because now you you just throw in people who literally just mess with the fabric of reality on a regular basis, and See, that's... 
but at least the groups were major fun because there's always that one guy that didn't read any background and thinks they're playing Harry Potter, and they're like, wait, what? Yeah. It's always fun to have that one guy be like, wait, what do I have to do to cast this spell? I, I don't want to play this game, guys. I thought this was Harry Potter. This isn't Harry Potter. Oh, no! no, no <laughs> yeah, no. Some no, of the no, most no, no. fun times I've had playing Mage was like, one person that knew what the fuck they were doing, two people that came in like Harry Potter regalia because they thought that's what it was, one person that was way too into the show, uh, the magicians, and then one like just maximum edgelord person that really would rather be playing vampire but they couldn't find a vampire group to play in and they're playing mage as a result and I'm like oh this will be good this will be really fun because two of you are not going to hate this one of you thinks this is more emo than it actually is I know what this game actually is so I'm casting fireball at everything and uh, you're going to try and punch something aren't you yep you're going to die instantly and just wave away the paradox demons yep. when they show up. Paradox demons don't even really—they're not that big a threat. That's the problem. Not enough of a threat. Yeah, it, there's too many ways of dealing with them to make them be a real problem. Like that, and what's it called? The uh, shifter, whatever it was. They're mm-hmm. when you play as Fey, it's like, okay, what's the downside to this? Oh, basically non-existent. Got it. Yeah, so the changeling. Yeah. Changeling. Changeling. Yes, that's, yep, you're right. Yep. But that's yep. enough about change. Yeah, that's, that's enough about World of Darkness. Yeah, I I know way too much about that. Write us in if you want to hear more about World of Darkness. We, me and Henry, can probably go for a while. I could start. Oh God, naming off the terrible groups I've been in for it, and it's oh, I, I I've done VLARP multiple times. Every group of vampire is terrible in its own fantastic, unique way. I've even done like twenty four hour VLARP. Jesus, that's more than I'm willing to do. Yeah. It- <laughs> We need to move you're, on. You're, but anyways, let's yes. let's move on from that. They canceled trials, <laughs> y'all. That's yeah. They, they they flat cancel for the for the foreseeable future. Uh, the game mode trials in Destiny. This is only news that I find awesome because I think the entire time I've been saying maybe trials is a giant problem, and hey, mm. trials is apparently a problem again. Mm. Oh, okay. most recently well, this, this was because of. Uh, kind of a match-fixing system that came out of the background. I'm not sure if it's just because of that, and at least the Destiny clan I run with, like, those of us that were from Destiny 1 were very aware of just how big a problem Trials was, and then Trials came back, and people were like, oh my god, Trials is back, and those of us that remembered are like, oh, Trials is back. This is bad. (laughs) No one's gonna like this, and within three weeks, we were right. It wasn't us being, like, hateful bastards. It was us being like, we remember Trials. It's toxic. More toxic than comp. It makes comp look friendly by comparison. (laughs) Trials is a problem. Yeah, there's a reason I never even considered doing Trials. Like, not even once. Yeah, Trials is a whole thing. Well, that's not about Trials, a game a game mode that should not exist in that game when Gambit is already the superior game mode. Uh, where to go from here? Let's talk about, uh, in vague terms, the Epic vs. Apple fight. And this is kind of a weird set of ones, because it's not really directly in response to them, but two events have happened kind of at the periphery of this that maybe they're being spurred on by this ongoing lawsuit, maybe it's just free tactum stance that's causing them to happen at this time, 
But the state of Arizona and the U.S. introduced a bill that it's an anti-monopoly bill, and it might actually force Apple to allow Fortnite back onto its platform. Yeah, and it actually passed already. Oh, it's already, already passed. Cool. Yep. So that's oh, okay. that's law in Arizona yeah. anyway. So depending on the interpretation, it is quite possible that that's a window. Like again, we've talked about how this whole thing is like once you poke a hole in how the Apple infrastructure works, and it's very exclusive apps, so there's no way of sideloading onto it. If this opens up the door for sideloading apps onto an Apple device, that becomes a real problem Ooh. for Apple hypothetically. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Google's already always allowed this on Android phones. Like I could, I could literally write an app right now for Android and just put it on my phone. Just download it onto my phone. Yeah. It's fine. You cannot do that with iOS apps. Like even if you so, jailbreak, technically at this point you can't do that anymore. So that's a whole thing unto itself that's worth talking about and being a thing. So. At the same time this whole thing is going on, the UK has now launched, or is beginning to launch, an anti-competition probe into Apple as a whole. And this kind of thing happens all the time, but this one is, again, more aimed at how there actually, technically speaking, is no competition on the Apple platform. Because of mm-hmm. Apple's designs. Like, again, as Henry just said, you can force load stuff onto Android phones, on Windows and PC operating systems. There's stuff. Like, there's lots of options out there. Apple's kind of a... Uh, what you see is what you get. Like, most of the purchases for software on that thing, even on the computer side, come through the Apple store that's built into that whole thing. Most and, all. <laughs> I think you could like. I think you could still buy discs that were separate that then like registered through it. But yeah, no, I think you might be right. Actually, yeah, it's there's only one way to get anything onto an Apple computer, even, and that maybe does violate some of these rules that exist out there. And again, not clear if it's because of this whole kind of ongoing Fortnite epic battle thing, but the timing definitely seems to at least have shown a spotlight on this whole topic of, yeah, no, there's essentially a closed system out there, and yeah, it's closed for security reasons and a variety of other things, and the fact that, mm-hmm. like, development for Apple is slightly different, but it's got some other rules on it that have been an ongoing topic in a variety of circles for a long time. Like, I think we all remember the time where Flash just said, yeah, we're not developing for Apple devices for a little while now because they got mad at Apple. But, yeah, it's... <clears throat> that's the thing, like, there again, I mean, it is effectively a monopoly, yeah. o- at least over Apple products. And so, but not over, like, computing products or mobile products in general. That's where the, you know, kind of, like, difficulty here is in, in trying to untangle, uh, at least from my perspective, untangle it. Like, from a technological perspective, it just... I don't know. That's it's a difficult call. I mean, I, I don't know the legal side of it. I don't know enough. Of, of course, we're not lawyers here. There again, disclaimer. But it's like, but from the technological side, it's like I can, and also I also see how it's sort of like a weird area because I mean, people can also just buy a not Apple phone. So I I I really, and that's why. 
I think it is at least to hit the high points on this case, these cases as they go along. It is interesting because it can have some pretty big implications. Yeah, I, so there's an argument to be made, and I think we kind of this was alluded to way the fuck back when that the whole idea <laughs> that technically like the Xbox and the PlayStation are also technically closed systems. I think you get kind of into a weirder yep. conversation where there are other options for buying stuff to get onto those. They're a little bit more open, but you're still like, it still has to go through a kind of approval board at that point. So maybe you start seeing secondary stores on those, but also I think that's a, it's not quite the same because again, you can just buy a disc and put it on there and it runs as long as it's for the right console at that point. Yeah. As long as it was like developed with the, proper tools it will play on a you know ps5 or whatever i don't know what other type of protections they have on them these days which i know that there are some but i don't know it's 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 difficult to say but i mean yeah there's other venues to buy the games like you can you can walk into a you know game store of your choice and buy a game there's no GameStop equivalent for the uh apple phone, for lack of a better phrase, except to buy an Apple phone at work. So this is a thing they've done that I don't think anyone ever has used, but yeah, they, they're officially ending the ability to buy media that's not video games through the PlayStation Store, specifically movies, which if you remember that being a thing, congratulations, you have a better memory than I do. I think I watched, I think it was Powers through that at one point or something, mm. but that was about it, yeah. I They had a series that no one, everyone forgot existed because I had to have PlayStation Plus to watch it, and it was decent, but yeah, no, that's a that's uh, that's a ended business model. I'm actually hoping this might speed up the PlayStation Store some, because it's not going to be bogged down with all those big, meaty static files no one ever accesses. But what the fuck do I know about how that happens? I, f- I forget, Alex, do you have a do you have a PS4? I do have a PS4. Okay, I did. I didn't actually know if he had a PS4 or not. Like, I was actually kind of curious. I think he bought one uh, of my PS4s. Charlie. Yeah, yeah, I bought one of your PS4s. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> he took me. Yeah, he had a few. He took me from having three PS4s to just two PS4s. <laughs> Don't ask. So, so, did you watch any movies on it? On my PS4, no. <laughs> As a Blu-ray it's player, curious. it's fine. It was downloading <laughs> movies through it. Like I think I ironically did that once. Where it, was the, it was the only way to watch something, so I technically own a PlayStation movie, but I watched it once. It's like, yeah, fuck, I'm never going to watch this again. Like This was a lark that I did as a dumb person. Now it's on Netflix, so yeah. who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. It's like how my wife owns multiple copies of Patrick the Pug, because it wasn't mm. you couldn't stream it for a long time. And now it's just on Netflix. It's like, oh, we wasted all that money buying it four times. I'm out $9 for this 90-minute movie about pug ownership and how it's mm. terrible and a nightmare. <laughs> Patrick the Pug is a fine kids movie. I don't know why I've watched it as many times as I have. I do. It's just my wife likes it a lot. And we own pugs. Ah, where to oh, go it's... from here? I, I want to I finish this off with our Sinking City news because it's just delectable. Ah. Uh, Let's go to kind of one of our controversial ones for a second, and it is that Activision has hired just a real interesting choice from recent history to be a member of their ongoing staff. So, where the fuck yeah, do we start I, with this? I, I, would, I don't want to go too far into this, yeah. but I'll just mention, all right, Francis F. Townsend 
was uh, part of the uh, George W. Bush, president, former President George W. Bush's administration, a counterterrorism official. And one of the things that they did was uh, they were, they... For those not this, up on their kind of this, recent this person, history. This person went, went on TV and essentially defended uh, torture. And we're not uh, making, and that's not us being, that's us politicizing it or editorializing. You can go Google this real easy and you'll find a bunch of videos of it happening. Like, it's aged about as well as milk out in the sun. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, like, these, these are just open interviews on major television stations like CBS, which are the so, sort of, you know, our national TV stations in this country. So, I mean, that's, and so, uh, of all the people to hire, they went for this person. Uh, so, and this is where like, it gets, uh, in, like, this would be a weird choice even... anyway. It's what they hired this person to be that's an interesting one. So, they're, they've been hired on as a chief compliance officer, which already sounds like kind of a weird title, but... This person's in charge of, you know, how Activision stores and uses your data and loot boxes and stuff like that. So maybe this is the perfect person for that job. What the fuck do I know? So it's essentially it's a position and this is a common position in a lot of companies to make sure that are international to make sure that they are compliant with with a with with a country's laws and standards. Yeah. And so but it's. It's a really weird pick because it's not like this official has any experience in technology, or and especially none in video games. So that's like, why? I mean, at this point, it's just like it makes Activision is just like mustache twirling villain. So, but yeah, it's a weird, weird pick. There again, I don't want to go too far into that, but it's just yeah. Moving on from that, though, we got another kind of epic bad news i guess maybe we should have lumped this back in with our other <laughs> earlier but yeah epic bought the fall guys dev so now the two biggest meme online multiplayer games now under one umbrella so look forward to that type of synergy i for one look forward to the john wick fall guy costume mm. and the fall guy costume inside Fortnite. <laughs> really what i want to have happens like a russian nesting doll where it's a Fortnite costume that's a fall guy costume that's a character costume that's a fall guy costume that's a Fortnite character costume so like as you're shooting them you're blowing away the different costume levels or something yeah. this will lead on to fall guys 2 becoming more of a thing i'm I, i'm curious to see if they'll still publish through devolver because i know that was a big deal for devolver at the time they had this kind of big uh multiplayer game going on but yeah no congratulations to fall guys on continuing to be a pretty big game are you still playing that game alex which one? Fall Guys. Uh, on and off. Yeah. Very casually. It's fun to play with friends, so you can, like, yeah. have some fun with it. Playing it alone is not so much. I mean, yeah, it's alright, but yeah. not as fun uh, alone. A little bit sad alone. Yeah, kind of, maybe? <laughs> sad guys. Sad oh. falling guys. Falling sad guys. <laughs> oh. In a weird kind of twist for EA, a lawsuit levied against them has been dropped after, and we can't believe we don't get to say this more often, just showing people the technical data based around it. So I think we talked about this a while ago at this point. There was a dynamic difficulty lawsuit aimed at EA that basically 
alleged that EA was kind of skewing stuff in certain directions that, how, how do we put this? If you put a lot of money in, you got better players and you were better at the game as a result of that. Yeah. And it, well, basically their, their argument was that it made you feel like you were not as, that you were less good than you actually are. That, and then that would make you want to buy more, you know, more yeah. things to help you. But in any case, they showed actually opened things up and showed them today in there, and they dropped the suit. So, yeah. I guess that's good. I personally love this because it just kind of implies that EA provided information that was like, we know you think you think you're good at this game, but our numbers say you actually suck, and here's the numbers behind <laughs> that. Like. That's how I imagine I think that conversation went down. I know it's not how it actually went down, but that's the gist of you as you're reading this thing, where it's like, the whole thing was basically based around the idea of, like, I feel like I'm bad at this game when this happens. It's like, no, you actually are bad at this game. <laughs> Sucks to be you, right? No amount of loot boxes will fix how much ass you suck at this game. Congratulations. But, last but not least, mm. and what went as a small story that I thought we were kind of maybe cover one or two weeks in a row has become just this delectable, beautiful, uh, giving soap opera of a story where the stakes aren't high, I guess. They're not low, but like people are being impacted by this. But they've gotten truly kind of like telenovela ridiculous. Yeah. And, of course, we were talking about the ongoing saga of The Sinking City, a game that I still really kind of want to buy, but because of all this, as a conscientious buyer, have chosen not to. Uh, to refresh your memory, The Sinking City is a H.P. Lovecraft-inspired game. It's It came out around the same time as the Call of Cthulhu game that neither of them are amazing games. It's by a company called Frog uh, Frogware that's famous for you know, all the Sherlock Holmes games that people make fun of over the years. The which, first, which are actually pretty fun. I have a yeah. couple of those. But if you're into those, yeah. They're, they're fine games, but like they're that solid B-movie tier of video games across the board. They do a great job with those games, typically. They're not going to reinvent the Sherlock Holmes things. They have some really funny E3 press conferences every once in a while, unintentionally. But yeah, it's Frogware. They're a known entity. So, and... The publisher of their most recent game, The Sinking City, they got in a big spat with them for a, over a variety of kind of like dues and payments that were missing and stuff like that, and that led to the game being delisted. And then the game was brought back a couple weeks ago, and I was super happy about that. And then it was revealed that uh, Frogware got out there and said, don't buy this, it's not our version of the game, FYI. And that was where we thought we left this. It's gotten so much weirder. Okay, yeah. So they wrote a, they've written a post, essentially, and uh, not just written, but also did a uh, video on YouTube, on essentially alleging that Nacon, the publisher, uh, stole the game from them, hacked it, reverse engineered it, changed the source code. And that's what you found on the Steam store. So going back to when they said it's not our game, it's literally not their game. Like, and this opens up to the possibility where, again, like a bunch of Frogware games get put on the Pirate Bay and stuff like that. This is essentially a publisher going on there to a certain extent and using that as a retail copy, which is crazy. 
and really with some kind of sprucing from a code angle, but yeah, this has gotten so crazy that it's been removed from Steam, both because Steam did that, and because a DMCA takedown got filed against it. Alright, and so, alright, to go into detail, uh, and because the detail of this is so good, so what they're, that they're saying has happened is that Nacon purchased a version of the game from a site, kind of a shady site that sells game keys for Steam and stuff. For Steam, Origin, Uplay, called Games Planet. Maybe they're not that sketchy. I, I it's feel a like, key reseller site. They're all inherently kind of... Yeah. So, yeah. They, are, they are alleging that the Sinking City was bought, they, that Nacon bought a version of that, and that's what they ver- reverse-engineered. And then released onto Steam. Uh, and to add to that, they're pitching it as it's the NACOM alternative version of the game. When it's essentially it's it's a pirated version. All right, so this is this is how they're saying they modified the game files. Uh, there was a Games Planet logo on it uh, originally. Now it's a NACOM logo. Loading screen is different. The main menu, like an ad for one of Frogware's new games, uh, Sherlock Holmes Chapter One, is no longer, no longer on the main menu. The, uh, yeah. And if this whole thing sounds crazy to oh, yeah, you, the executable is, is a different size. So just mentioning that too. So it is a different game. Sorry, go ahead. You know, so that's just saying. If this whole thing sounds crazy to you. It is crazy. This isn't how anything works. But apparently it's how this works. And that's nuts. Who know the fucking sinking city would lead to this? Like, this is the most, like, HP Lovecraft narrative for video games, like, release ever in some ways. Like, first we released the game, and then the darkness came for the game's release, and it was unlisted. And then the children began to spawn. The dark children, the unwanted children, the children from down below. So, all right, and they go into even more detail onto how they how it was hacked, essentially. So, all right, so when you make a game on Unreal Engine, this is a game on Unreal Engine. The, the, there's a it's encrypted essentially, so that the source code you can't just rip the source code from a game like that's. Even when there's like you know other files involved, I mean, because it's not just the executable. There's a lot of other data files involved and stuff like that. In any uh, in any Unreal Engine release, and for most games in general, for for any game, so they would have to crack the key of encryption and then reverse engineer uh, configuration files, add, change things like. Some and some things like some of these setup files aren't in like plain text. They are in they are in encrypted text. So changing some of the stuff up, you have to yeah, you have to change some serious stuff up to actually get these things to change and and it actually shows some of the pictures on exactly what's been changed and essentially proof that it'll change. This is crazy. This is fucking nuts. And it seems like... uh, Alright, so there again, it's allegations, but 
they're kind of showing and for me as a as a engineer i can kind of see i can understand the the evidence that they're showing and i'm like this is this is pretty damning evidence like this is pretty clearly a hacked version of a game this is not the original game i mean the executable being a completely different size gives that away like like not just a little bit off like the difference between 17 gigs and 30 gigs so that's 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 a pretty large fucking change and yeah it seems like that's this is this is oh yeah oh yeah and additionally even includes special deluxe content that Nacon did not originally contract or pay them for yet. So they basically stole not just the game, but additional content that was not paid for. Now, Nacon has come back and saying that they have the right to publish an alternative version because of their contract. Um, however, like I said, this in the Frogwares post all right, points out that they actually took content that wasn't a part of the original agreement. So that actually breaks that contract. See, so Nacon is saying that, um, yeah, uh, yeah, lack of, uh, that it was a part of their contract and stuff. But yeah. Um, it, I think most of what this all comes from, like, we don't talk about it much because it doesn't impact us this much, but there's this, weird gray market of the western kind of europe game development world where frogware and nacom to a lesser extent kind of hail from where weird shit like this happens all the goddamn time between yeah between a developer and the you know and the company that's eventually going to you know put it onto stores or yeah. whatever you know the publisher yeah the, the the eastern european game development market is this kind of fascinating mafia-like nightmare world of shit like this happening and the question's always been like why don't they self-publish or whatever and it's because a lot of these studios aren't big enough like it's a bunch of smaller 20 30 man teams kind of cranking out some halfway decent games again they're not like ever triple a like masterpieces or whatever but they're often cool for certain audiences like frogware is easily cranked out like what 30 decent sherlock home games over their existence like it's Quite a new a one every year almost, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and so Frogware has managed to take down the game off the Steam store via DMCA request. So this is this is ongoing because this is going to the courts. This is going to the French courts. Nacon is a French or uh, Nason Frogware is also French. No, Frogware is Ukrainian. Oh. Oh, okay. So this is two different countries. So that's that's what makes this all more like like really difficult legally to unravel, I'm guessing. Yes, you're dealing with two different sovereign nations, companies, and so it's it's in court in France right now and they aren't going to get a ruling for a while now, most likely, and it's may not come to a ruling it may come honestly it may come to a you know some sort of another you know i don't know all i want to do is play sinking city yeah all i want at this point but we may not 
at this point, we may not fucking ever see it. If fucking Sinking City pulls a devil's third and the physical copies of it become this, like, coveted item, I will... Truly, this is the most, like, if you were writing an H.P. Lovecraft story of game development, this is the story you'd write. (laughs) And they rumor that the copies of of Sunken City still exist out there for collectors. They're cursed contents known only to a select few. It's not even that good a game by all measures, I've heard. <sighs> so, but yeah, this is this is going to this is going to be. We may end up reporting on this again. Well, I'm, I think I think we're guaranteed to end up reporting on this again because it has not even gotten close to a legal decision at this point. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this, this is going to be a long haul. Yeah. One right here. I'm here for it. It could be interesting. So at, at this point, the the French court system has already refused Nacon's demands so far, two times at this point. And whether they're going to refuse it a third, of course, Nacon's demands being they should be allowed to publish the game. But we won't get a final decision for a while. So, um, yeah. That's this is real weird. I mean, it's weird territory, especially like I said when you're dealing with companies in two different countries. So, yeah, everything about this is great. Yeah, wow, the pirated. I mean, they 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 literally they use that term. They said that this is that 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 Nacon pirated their game, and it kind of seems like that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Like crazy! This is, this is like madness. some corporate espionage level bullshit event. Yeah, <laughs> this it's you. Uh, okay. Again, I'll say it: the Sinking City is not this good a game. Allegedly, like I, 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 maybe if this was like the original Halo game back when that game came out, I'd get this. But by all measures, the Sinking City is a game for people like me that just like HP Lovecraft bullshit. Yeah, same here. So yeah. Like it's, Can you imagine if this was just one giant viral marketing scheme after all? I kind of want it to be, but I know it's not. <laughs> well, because, we know it's it's already had court decisions made yeah. about it, so... Yeah. Like, this is the most Ukrainian equivalent of the uh, GTA controversies they could think of. They're like, what if we just make some lawsuits? Yep. <laughs> Can we check if, uh, if if our friend is on their legal team by any chance? <laughs> Which legal team? Uh, is Nikolai tracksuit like part of Nikon <laughs> or Frogware in this case? Could, could be know. either one, maybe working for both. Yeah, because he's maybe working for both. He's like, yeah. he, he's at Frogware being like, you should sue them. And he's at Nikon, we should ignore their lawsuit. <laughs> no, no, see, so Nikolai tracksuit's with Frogware, and then we got Albatross wrong working on the side <laughs> of the French... Company. <laughs> I, I, didn't real, I didn't realize Albatross Wrong was an international lawyer. I thought he was just a big city lawyer from the U.S. of A. But I can believe he goes international. Yeah, that's Got that where we wig are on now. for the British courts. Like, not really. He's like, he's like, I'm wearing my British court wig. Oh, that's not a thing we do here. Okay, I'd be fine with that interpretation. Hang on, let me get my French lawyer in briefcase out. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird situation. Well, Frogger, we hope you get your money out of this and 
Hell, if it's not an entertaining story to watch from the sidelines, I guess. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing we feel bad that you're stuck going through, but it's damn fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Got a bit to that. But that does bring our news to a close this week. We've had laughs, we've had, maybe not tears, but definitely laughs. And some weird stuff this week. But yeah, so that does it for this week's podcast, more or less. We do not have any listener mail. If you want to send that in to us, send it in at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Pay some special attention to the Twitter. We may actually have a couple guests incoming in the near future, at least a guest that's reached out to us about wanting to be on this sinking cavalcade ship of madness, but (sighs) fuck it, let's have them on kind of thing. They do indie stuff, allegedly. So yeah, no, I'd like to say, if we do wind up having that happen, space... pay special attention to the Twitter. I want to see if we can get some good kind of influx of questions about that, go invade their stuff so we can have a fun conversation here and they can send in your food questions for that. I encourage food questions that week <laughs> more than anything else because that's the true Wicked Awesome cast experience as far as I know. We have to or bust about, out the food scientist. Or about hockey. That's just that's how we just bring Jeff back. Which I guess send your fucking hockey questions for me and Jeff. What do you think of this hockey season? It sucks, but we're happy it's here. <laughs> do you guys even like hockey anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Did we ever like hockey? The fuck is hockey? Exactly. Yeah. What is hockey? It's ice lacrosse, is what it is. <laughs> ice lacrosse. Wow. What's lacrosse? You know, dirt hockey. <laughs> that's field hockey technically but uh, it's neither here nor there uh, anything you two want to talk about before we close this one out this week um, I don't really have anything other than you know my usual uh, pimping of social media stuff sure. uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter Twitch uh, YouTube gaming and Facebook gaming all under Mave Online across the board uh, I occasionally post fun stuff here and there, so pop in and say hi if you'd like. Uh, but yeah, that that's it for me. I might stream this week, who knows? It's always a toss-up to be honest yeah. nowadays. Indeed. Anything from you, Henry? Yeah, uh, I am Kraken Zero, that is spelled Z-E-R-0, and that is on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter, even though Twitter and Facebook just end up being mirrors for what I post on Instagram. And generally what I'm posting on there anymore has just been when I'm streaming or about this podcast, sometimes both at the same time, because I still just don't post very often. I'm not on Snapchat, I'm not on any other social medias, but I'm definitely on Twitch. And if I'm streaming on Twitch, I usually put a shout out on my social media when I'm doing, when I'm streaming. So, yep, that's, uh, but yeah, it's, they end up being just sort of announcement areas for when I'm on Twitch. But yeah, I will be, yeah, part of a, on the, as Sega crew, as a, as a resident Sega guy on this podcast, uh, yeah, be doing a, be playing Panic for the Sega CD because I do own a copy of it. And, it's it's a game. It's it's definitely a game that was on the Sega CD. So, but if you like, want to see some madcap and bizarre 
world of FMV games around the late 90s, mid to late 90s that came out for Sega CD, uh, yeah, tune in on this this coming Saturday and Sunday. That is the 13th and the 14th. So, yeah. But that's that's what I'll be up to. Yeah. No, uh, wickedawesomecast.gmail.com. Show notes has all the various Twitter links. I did change the Twitter we post this stuff to, I guess. It's now uh, Wicked Awesome Cast spelled out in short terms, so it's not a giant-ass long thing. I'll put that down there so people can follow it if you get lost. But, yeah, no, all the links still work for it. But, yeah, I assume they still work, actually. I should check on that. But, yeah, no, I think that does it for this week. Anyone want to close this one out? Cue the metal!